It's the Green Eggs and Sam podcast slash cane violation crossover. I'm here with Dan Greeny again. We will be doing the remainder of the first round. So I say let's get into it. We're going to do two picks that the Nuggets uh, got. They had uh, Christian Brown at number 21 shooting guard, junior out of Kansas. And then they also had Peyton Watson, small forward, freshman at UCLA. Do you think any of these guys are going to be able to crack this playoff rotation? Do they do they have any opportunity, or are these just going to be some projects that they're going to have at the end of the bench? I would say this is going to be tough for both of these guys to get into the lineup right away. Uh, one commonality between the two is that both of them seem to be quite a bit on the fence as far as should I enter the draft or should I go back to school for another year. Brown was a junior this past season at Kansas, and Peyton Watson was a freshman at UCLA. Uh, Christian Brown was not a big-time recruit out of high school, kind of similar to his uh, Kansas teammate who went earlier in the first round, Ochai Abaji, kind of an under-the-radar recruit, uh, really developed well at Kansas, obviously was not on NBA radars um, as recently as I would say his sophomore season. And he really had kind of a meteoric rise this past year. Uh, He's actually a big time athlete, run and jump, uh, very good defender, a shot blocker at like the guard or small forward position. Oh, interesting. Um, And it's really gonna be dangerous in transition, can knock down threes. So I'm giving you all this good stuff about this guy. He's a quality player, but like you said, They've got a playoff-ready team there, and with a guy like Jamal Murray coming back, um, it's going to be tough for him to find minutes right away. I think eventually he's definitely a rotation guy, uh, maybe by his second year, and I think he ends up staying in the NBA for a long time with that athleticism and being able to defend and knock down shots. Um, But right off the bat, I would say no for Christian Brown or Peyton Watson. I'm trying to think of comps similar to... The skill set you mentioned of his. Would you say Gerald Green would be fair? Athletic? I don't know that he's quite that athletic. Okay. Uh, Gerald Green had the the jump out of the gym hops. Right. You know, slam dunk champion type of hops. Uh, Not sure that Christian Brown is quite there. Uh, I'm not great with the comps again, but I'll I'll give that some thought and try to get back to you on that one. Okay. Okay. what, what about Watson? What What's his uh, main skill set? Is so he a shooter? This is kind of the jump out of the gym type of athlete. Big time athleticism. It all needs to be harnessed yet, though. He doesn't have a polished game in any way, shape, or form. I would say Brown made the right cho- choice in coming back, or I'm sorry, entering the NBA draft. Watson, I would say, should have went back to UCLA for another season because he was on a really good UCLA team this past year, but he didn't get a lot of minutes. Obviously, he was good enough to slip into the end of the first round, which is guaranteed money, correct? Yep, four years. So I can't really blame him for that, but he's going to be in the G League, I would think. I don't know if he's even going to be on the NBA roster right away. Um, He's definitely not going to get minutes right off the bat. Doesn't have a polished jump shot. not a great offensive game, but when you have the athleticism that he has, you could definitely defend a little bit in the NBA. We'll see what kind of effort he gives. Rebound, 
get out and transition, that type of thing. But I think he's a couple years away. Christian Brown might get into the rotation at the end of the year. Um, definitely, I would say by year two, he's playing minutes, though. Okay. A lot of veterans on this roster. A lot of veterans. Uh, Jeff Green, Ish Smith, DeAndre Jordan was signed as a backup for Jokic. He's also kind of a veteran at this point as well. He's been in the league for seven years. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, they acquired from the Wizards. Aaron Gordon, he's been in the league for eight years at this point. So, And then you got, of course, Jamal Murray. They signed Bruce Brown. Uh, who they got? Oh, Michael Porter Jr., of course. He, he should be coming back healthy. Bones Highland was great. His rookie year last year, so uh, he's in the rotation. So yeah, the as, unfortunately, I think these are going to be the the guys at the very end of the bench. It's a uh, it's going to take a lot of injuries for them to probably get some consistent minutes, and it seems like it's un unlikely to happen. I mean, last year the the Nuggets just got boned by injuries. Of course, Murray didn't play at all. Michael Porter Jr. barely played. So I'd imagine their luck injury-wise will be better this year. So, yeah, we'll see if they can develop. This might be one of the teams that doesn't have a G League roster. Let me double-check that. For for years, it was the Blazers and the Nuggets that didn't have a G League team. But let me verify that. Denver Nuggets G League roster. Uh, Grand Rapids Gold, I guess, is their G League team. Nick Stauskas, he was on that team last year. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Maybe one of them could crack the rotation. It sounds like Brown has a shot of doing it. So we'll go to the next pick. It's Walker Kessler. This pick got traded around a lot, jeez, uh, but it ended up with Utah. Utah, who is just completely rebuilding right now, obviously just traded Rudy Gobert for a lot of picks. This roster is just wide open. Do you think Kessler's going to get starter minutes right away, or is he still sort of a project with some upside perhaps what's his what, what what's his biggest skill set as a center so now that we see uh the fate of Ru- rudy gobert post draft mm-hmm. um, this pick screamed of R- rudy gobert's replacement i think he's going to have a shot to start right away because his main calling card at the collegiate level was shot blocking he's a guy that's going to be able to step in and play defensively right away Um, He was really good offensively this past season at Auburn as well after transferring from North Carolina after his freshman year where he didn't get too many minutes. But he was an all-SEC type player this year and showed leaps and bounds of improvement. So I believe he had a little bit of injury stuff going into the draft and didn't really work out too much. Um, If he can get healthy, I could see him potentially being a starter Maybe not day one, but sometime in his rookie season because of that defensive prowess. 
he is huge. He's a big man, seven one, seven two. He's a little bit slight of build, but he's going to bulk up and fill out. And he's a pretty tough guy too. Uh, going to rebound for you, dunk on people, and definitely block shots. So I would say, yeah, the shot blocking is the plus skill that he brings immediately. This is a wait and see situation, but hopefully Kessler can get some minutes right away. Let's move on to the next pick. It's David Roddy. Number 23, small forward out of uh, Colorado State, who's a junior. He's going to Memphis. Pretty uh, pretty deep roster, as we mentioned, for Memphis. Is this a similar situation to Jake LaRavia? I would say so, yes. Uh, I see what you're looking at there, and they list Roddy as a small forward. I have my questions about that and maybe my doubts uh, because he played a lot of four-man at Colorado State. He's a bigger dude. He's built like maybe a little bit like a Charles Barkley type. Ooh. I mean, he's built like a refrigerator, So it's and it's not just all upper body, I don't think. So he might have to trim down a little bit to play the three, uh, but he's going to bang with you and you know push around some four-man. He's a tough guy, uh, can really rebound it. Can step out a little bit. I don't know about the NBA three, but yeah, I think this might be a project type of guy as well. When you have that roster, you have the luxury to draft and kind of stash some of these guys, though, too. He doesn't have to play maybe in his first couple years. Maybe year three he plays a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's behind a lot of guys on this roster at this point when you're looking at you know, the likes of maybe trying to compete for minutes with a Brandon Clark. No way. Clark's going to get those minutes or even like a Xavier Tillman. So we'll see. Uh, maybe a good project down the line. But, yeah, n- not going to play much year one. Okay. Yeah, so end of the bench guy, as we mentioned, very deep roster. So for now we'll move on to the next pick. He was with the G League Ignite. So, I mean, we haven't done a ton of research on him. But, you know, let's let's watch some highlights. Maybe we could figure out who Marjan is. Who are you, Marjan? I can't give you a ton as far as Bochamp as a player, but from what I've heard, he came from a pretty, like, disadvantaged background oh, and really geez. made something of himself, you know, going the G League route. It took him a little bit longer than some. Didn't want to go the college route. But he seems like a real quality character type of guy. Yeah, so he probably made a little bit of money playing in the G League. All right, well, I'd imagine this is going to be an end-of-the-bench type guy, considering it's the Bucks. But we shall see. We don't have enough footage. Well, we, we have the footage. It's the research we didn't do. Sorry! Sorry, so sorry. It's going to be really embarrassing if this guy's an all-star someday. Okay, number 25. Back to the Spurs again. Freshman out of Notre Dame, it's Blake Wesley. Point guard slash shooting guard? What do you know? Another guard. Who's going to get more minutes? Is it going to be Wesley or could it be 
Branham? That's a great question. And I would say that I really like both of them and I could have seen both of them going higher. Again, interesting that they went to, of all teams, a guard rich team in San Antonio. So that's a little surprising, but I think they both have bright NBA futures, whether it's in San Antonio or they end up, you know, part of a package deal for them to get another player at some point. Uh, Wesley is definitely more of the point guard and Branham's more of the scorer. Uh, So I would say as far as Wesley's immediate future, can he beat out a Josh Primo? I don't know. I, I think that's a close call. Primo showed flashes, I believe, early in his career, definitely at Alabama. Then he had an injury. I think he was pretty good as a rookie, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was solid. So I don't know that Wesley can beat him out for minutes immediately, but I, I think he'll be on the roster right away, and he'll definitely get his opportunities because you see San Antonio is just stockpiling this young talent. And, you know, sometimes you throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks, see who shakes out of the group, see who, you know, steps up and becomes the leader. It worked for Keldon Johnson, it looks like. So this guy's picked in a similar range. We'll see if he can be productive early on. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he's a pro for a long time. Super athletic. Um, As far as the point guards, I saw him projected higher than 25 as far as, you know, maybe a late lottery, maybe top 20. So this looks like some value to me at number 25. Yeah, like I mentioned before, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what this roster looks like in three, maybe five years. Uh, who, Like you mentioned, who's going to stick? We'll see, I guess. But uh, he'll definitely have some opportunity considering there's so many young guys on the squad. We'll see what he does with that opportunity. We'll see if he earns a spot in the rotation. So we'll move on to the next pick. It's Wendell Moore, small forward, junior at Duke. He is going to the Minnesota Timberwolves to play with your boy, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, D'Angelo Russell. Pretty good roster they have now. Actually don't have a ton of people signed. They did sign Kyle Anderson, so he's certainly going to start. They got Tory and Prince. So some veteran forwards here. Some veteran forwards. Is there any chance you think Wendell can crack the rotation or not? Or what what's his what's his main skill set, first of all? So this is again where sometimes the positional uh, definition can be a little bit misleading. They list him as a forward there, I would say. Uh, but he played a lot of point guard at Duke. He played a lot of lead guard, can play the one, two, or the three. So I would say his strength is probably his versatility. And uh, his ball handling is excellent, very good passer, especially if you're going to call him a forward. I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, but I could envision him maybe even getting some backup point guard minutes. I don't know who we're looking at at their backup point guard at the moment. Um, uh, well, let's check right now. We are probably looking at Bryn Forbes. They did sign him, but let's see if they got anyone else. 
It's looking like it's probably going to be Forbes. Or, oh, yeah, Jordan McLaughlin okay. off the bench. Yeah. So he'll be competing with those guys for backup minutes. Uh, Wendell Moore has played a lot of big-time basketball, obviously, at Duke. He's another one of these guys that tested the waters for a couple years, went back to school. Looks like a good decision now. He's a first-round pick. He's going to make some money. Uh, definitely has a future in the NBA. Was a big-time recruit. Um, very good defensively. Just a very solid player. You know what you're getting from him every night. He's not going to be a big-time scorer. Uh, not super flashy, but very solid. Workman-like. This is the kind of guy that, you know, after three years of college, you expect to make a roster and really contend for minutes right off the bat. I think, you know, with any kind of injuries, he will be a rotation guy almost immediately. He's not going to be a G League guy. Uh, this is a real solid pick at the end of the first round. Going to be probably a 10-year pro, I would say. Wow. Maybe never an all-star, but this is a guy that's going to stick in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that is everything I think you would really want of a late first rounder, I'd say. So any kind of rotation player, especially a potential 10-year vet. So, I mean, that sounds great. There, It seems like there's a lot of roster spots open. I know they traded a bunch of people to match up to Rudy Gobert's salary. So there could be some opportunity. Maybe they're just going to fill out the bench with uh, either some young guys, maybe some veterans. But... Yeah, there there could be times during the regular season where there's some injuries that come up. Maybe some of the veterans are tired. Maybe there's a back-to-back. They need a rest. And they plug in Wendell. And it's like, oh, oh man, this guy can play. So similar to um, what happened to IU last year on the Bulls because we were probably wondering, like, ah, you know, it's pretty pretty good starting five. Maybe he has a chance off the bench but then injuries happen Lonzo Ball got hurt suddenly it's like next man up so it seems like if there ever is an opportunity for Wendell then it's more more than likely he's going to shine he'll be ready to go yes yeah yeah he'll be ready for the moment so it's good to hear yeah I I mean I feel bad for Timberwolves it's been a while since they've uh been a really good team i know they made the playoffs with jimmy butler that one year but let's let's go further than that let's uh let's see if he can you know get to the second round maybe the championship beat the golden state warriors for me could you do that i don't want to face them in the finals actually yeah i do want to face them in the finals we gotta get revenge all right so we'll move on to the next pick this guy is from Serbia, Nikola Jovic. Yeah, Jovic. It's going to my to the Miami Heat, and uh, he might have the opportunity to start right away because the Heat are actually very thin at the four right now. They lost P.J. Tucker in free agency. And they haven't re-signed Markeith Morris yet. So what are they going to do? Are they going to start Haslam? Doubt it. Haslam's not even, you know, back yet. I, I think it's the assumption is that he is going to 
come back when he's 43 years old. I think he, he's 42 now. Yeah, he's 42. He was born 1980. So we'll we'll see. We we saw a little bit of him in summer league. Looked pretty decent. Did you actually see like a, a full game that he played at all? I just saw parts of a couple games, yeah. honestly, and I saw some stats, um, and it looked like in his initial game, I think he got 20-plus points, maybe 25 points. Ooh. So that kind of caught my eye. Again, some of these foreign players I haven't seen play, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I know about them. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do that with the college guys, but according to the numbers, this guy looked like he was competitive or more than competitive right off the bat in the summer league. I want to see, because I did see some clips of the Heat playing the Celtics in Summer League. This guy, Jamari... Bouye. Was he drafted? I believe he was in the second round. So okay, we'll, we'll get all to right, him. we'll get to him later, because he, he really stood out when the Celtics played him. But we'll get to him later oh, on. Oh, yeah. So, interesting um, squad here, mixture of young guys and... Very, very uh, old veterans, <laughs> like very old veterans, <laughs> oldest player in the league. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think he'll be in the rotation, though. I, I just, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. It's not based on much, but I have a feeling. All right, so we'll move on to the Golden State Warriors. Patrick Baldwin Jr., power forward, freshman out of Milwaukee, was first round pretty generous for him to get picked there. Were you were you shocked that he he uh, he was picked so early? So this is the rare college basketball player that I have seen very very little of. Most of these guys I've seen play a few times. I don't know that I saw Patrick Baldwin Jr. play once this past season at Milwaukee, but what I can tell you about his recent past was that he was a big-time recruit. All the big-time schools wanted him, and he was like a top-five guy of his class. But he decided to go play for his father at Milwaukee, which is a small school, and they don't get a lot of publicity, and they had a bad season. So he didn't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I believe he's about 6'9", 6'10", and they list him as a power forward. I don't think there's a whole lot of power in his game. From what I understand, he can really shoot it. Um, So he probably fits right into that culture out there in Golden State with all those other young guys. They'll grow and develop together. Uh, We'll see. Maybe a G League guy at first. uh, But definitely the talent is there, according to the scouts the last couple years. And if you're ranked top five in your class... I mean, 28 might be even a little bit low for you. Like, had he gone to Duke last year, who really wanted him, maybe he's a top 15 pick with more exposure. You never know. Um, but Golden State can afford to take that gamble at this point, I would say, with that roster. Oh, they certainly can. And they're pretty good with developing guys as well. As you can remember, Jordan Poole was not very good his rookie year. And then even Moses Moody this past season mm-hmm. really developed as the season went on. Yep. Totally did. Hopefully they can do the same with Wiseman and then um, as well as Kaminga. We'll see. 
So, yeah, it's probably going to be an end-of-the-bench guy. Imagine he'll be with the Santa Cruz Warriors. I believe that's their G League team. He'll certainly... He'll, he'll be there at some point. We'll say that. I, I won't say he'll be there a lot. So, uh, yeah. We'll see what his future's like. We'll move on to number 29. It's your boy. Ty Ty Washington. Going to the Houston Rockets. He's a point guard, so he's going to be backing up Jalen Green. Kevin Porter Jr. Do you think he's going to get along with, with those guys? Are you worried that he's going to be near Kevin Porter Jr.? I know his he can be a little shaky at times off the court or in the locker room from what I hear. So from what I saw from this guy in his one year at Kentucky is he seemed like a real solid person, real solid individual that wouldn't be, you know, swayed by any any potential uh temptations or i don't want to call kevin porter jr a bad guy but he's got a sketchy past so, so no maybe he can mentor kevin porter jr <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't focus on that if i were ty ty i would just keep doing what you're doing hooping and uh playing big time basketball but he's he's got a very level head a very even keel demeanor like, the situation never seemed too big for him. Like, he never got too high or too low. Um, they list him as a point guard. He was actually our starting two guard for most of the season. Uh, but Calipari likes to play multiple point guards at a time. And when our, our top-notch starting point guard went down during the season, he slid over and played a bunch of point. And as a matter of fact, in his first or second game starting at point guard, he ended up breaking Kentucky's all-time single-game assist record that was held by John Wall, 16 assists. So, yeah, in his first or second game as a point guard, collegiately, he had 17 assists. So he can clearly distribute it. But on the wing, he can also beat you off the dribble. He can knock down threes. He's going to knock down NBA threes right away. Versatile defender, can defend ones or twos, really tough guy. Played through some injuries. He was a little bit injury-prone. In his one year, turned a couple ankles, missed a couple games due to that. It looked like more just bad luck than really being injury prone. Uh, but he's going to be a player that gets minutes right away, like you said, behind Green, behind Porter Jr. And I think he's a, a solid pro for seven, eight, nine, ten years. We'll see. Do you think if he doesn't get injured throughout the season that he's a lottery pick? It's a possibility. I wonder why he slipped so far because I did see him projected lottery as late as I would say after the season in like April. I guess he didn't work out real well or scouts saw something they didn't like with him uh, post college basketball season because most of the year he was in that 10 to 15 range. So to see him slip that far, yeah. it's a little disappointing. But when I thought about it, it's like, wow, he's going to a bad team for the most part. And He's going to help improve this team over the years. He's going to get a shot right away. Rather than sitting on the end of a bench of a really good team, he's going to get to play. Were you a little worried that he was going to slip to the second round as you were watching this live? I was pretty shocked. I didn't think that. I didn't think that the whole time. Um, 
But you've told me in the past that sometimes that's even maybe the better option for these guys because they get a little bit more flexibility with their contract. Yeah, they can become a free agent sooner. But even so, it's it's not a ton of more money. But yeah, it sometimes it, it depends on the player. Like obviously it worked in Fred Van Vliet's favor, for example, because they're they're not quite restricted free agents if they're if they play a certain number of years. It's a little confusing, but um, you've got to love the guaranteed money though at the end of the first. Yeah, round. so you get two years guaranteed, but the way it works is the third and fourth years are guaranteed like a year before they go into effect. So like when he's about to start his um his sophomore season, his the team will have an option to pick up his third year. And um I mean they more than likely will because they want to develop him. Like usually like the third, the third year option, 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 option always gets picked up. Sometimes it's the fourth year that doesn't. You know, maybe after the first two years of seeing a player you drafted or acquired, just you know, isn't cutting it, and you want to, you know, keep some money off your books. Sometimes you you won't guarantee that fourth year. It's that's what happened with uh, Jalen Smith, for instance, with the Phoenix Suns. So, it sounds like that won't be the case here. It sounds like he uh, really will just have an opportunity to shine. I know there's some other guards coming off the bench, Eric Gordon. I wouldn't even worry about that, though. I think he's going to get minutes right away. I would certainly imagine so. I think he's the prototypical NBA backup point guard right now from what I've seen. And then hopefully as he grows older and more mature, He'll develop into a starter at some point, somewhere. We'll see. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see if it's Houston or not. Not sure. How did Ty Ty do in um, the tournament? Again, how did he do in the St. Peter's game? Nobody did well in that game. Okay. <laughs> he was included in that. I okay. think the, the lights were just a little bit too bright for those guys for whatever reason at that time. And, yeah, he had a tough game. But that's all it takes in that tournament, and that's what makes it so beautiful. I hate to say that after my team got knocked out in the first round this year. But that's the beauty of it. You have one bad night, and it's all over. And you play to prevent that. They just didn't get it done that night, and he was part of it. Yeah. What was he turning the ball over a lot, just not hitting shots? I think he just missed a lot of shots. I don't think he was real sloppy with it. It just was not his night. Um and sometimes when you're on kind of a veteran team like that was, it's hard for a freshman to try to step up and, and really right the ship for you. Like you tend to look towards the veterans and the veterans on that team just didn't have it that night, so he was out. He knew he was going to the NBA. Can't blame him. Yeah. It's too bad. I'm sorry that happened. As you know, Greeny's a big Kentucky fan. We'll be back. I'm not he, crying. Yeah, exactly. Did he ever dunk it all during the season? I know he's kind of short. Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yep. So it, would you consider him, like, super athletic? No. no. He's, he's just a... For NBA standards, I would say he's an average athlete, and maybe that's part of the reason why he slipped okay. a little bit. But yeah, he, he can get it done. He's going to be able to defend point guards in the NBA. 
All right, here it comes. Your favorite question. Who's <laughs> the player comp? Well, I'll give you this. We talked about this a little bit. I won't give you a comp, but I remember that another Kentucky point guard was picked in this range, and his name was Marcus Teague, coming off of a national championship season at Kentucky. And he turned out to kind of be a bust in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And what I gave you with that was this guy getting picked in the same range, uh, Ty Ty getting picked in the same range as Marcus Teague. Ty Ty Washington's going to have a much better NBA career than Marcus Teague. So I'll give you that comp to start with as I ponder another comp, which I'm horrible with in most cases. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. He'll uh, he'll certainly get an opportunity on this team. I wouldn't worry about that. That's for sure. Oh, so he came off the bench for two games. That's just when he was injured and okay. couldn't play full minutes. I see. All right. Not bad. 35% from three that's pretty dang good for the nba does he shoot deep threes i wouldn't say that no okay yeah some of these guys have crazy range now that trey young range this guy is more more of a mid-range type of guy oh Um, okay yeah he's he's very very solid 20 feet and in i would say okay can finish around the basket as well sis numbers seems four that's when you're playing shooting guard in college basketball that's actually a high number for a shooting guard oh that's true college is a lot different when we had a healthy severe wheeler at point guard he was a top five assist guy in the whole country so he was getting the majority of the assists so that number is a little bit higher than it even would have been because he slid over to the point when severe wheeler was hurt but even like three assists per game for a shooting guard in college is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's such a different game compared to the NBA. Yeah, you only with the shot clock and whatnot. You only get maybe 20 assists a game in college basketball, and when your point guard Wheeler is getting 10 or 12 of them, there's not many left for everybody right. else. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, that does it for the first round. Uh, Next episode, we'll cover the first half of the second round, and uh, we'll see if Greeny can pick uh, out any gems there or make make future predictions, correct future predictions on some guys. Maybe the next AU. Is it AU or I? It's IU. IO. IO. Should probably know that by now. He's been in the league for a year. Stay tuned for the next episode. Moshe, 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 Smallfish of the Week. Say the fucking word. Everything's gonna be okay. I don't know why I just started talking like Harvey Keitel. So, like the films Alien and Aliens, our movie of the week is Blades. It's the sequel to Blade, even though it came out nine years earlier than the original and features no vampires whatsoever. You see, Wesley Snipes was actually offered a role, but he was too busy filming his part of Willie Mays Hayes in 1989's Major League. It's true. I'm kidding. I'll stop. No, Blades 
is a 1989 horror comedy produced by Troma Films. It's uh, Lloyd Kaufman's production company. He did the Toxic Avenger movies. I I need to watch those movies, actually. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm getting around to all those like obvious horror movies I need to watch. Actually, I do remember watching... I think it was a Toxic Avenger 4 with like a group of my friends. This is probably like ugh, a while back. We were like in college. And uh, but, but these friends weren't horror fans, but they liked really bad movies. And the, the Toxic Avenger 4 was on demand for whatever reason. And we watched like a minute and they were all laughing. And then they realize oh this is this is actually really messed up it's this 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 isn't that funny this isn't that funny anymore and we immediately turned it off i mean i would have kept watching it but you know these kids they they don't get horror movies whatever even though it's not really a horror movie it's just a really really weird bad movie Still, I've never seen the whole movie to this day. I think it was the character with Down Syndrome that really freaked them out. They're like, wait, what? What's, what's happening? So, yeah, the, the trauma films, they're, they're, uh, they're uh, cheesy, to say the least. Now, this film takes place on a New Jersey golf course, believe it or not. Actually, I wonder if it's the same golf course that Tony Soprano and Furio uh, rode a golf cart on to uh, beat up, uh, I think it was Uncle Junior's doctor <laughs> on the golf course. Go uh, up, Sopranos. Uh, so anyways, my, my cousin, he, uh, he's he been on the podcast before. We did... Um, what was that movie? Beverly Hills Body Snatchers. Great movie. Great, great movie. He has, um, he had the Blu-ray, and uh, he gave it to me as a gift about a few months ago. And I, I've never seen this movie, and it actually worked out because I I had this movie highlighted to do. Um, so it's like, oh, perfect. I need to watch this one anyways eventually. So what's it about? Well, let's see. There's this chick whose name is I I I don't know. We'll we'll just call her Dottie. I think her name was Dottie. I'm just kidding. It, it definitely wasn't Dottie. But we're going to call her Dottie. And and she works at this golf course and she thinks she's going to get a promotion. She's going to be like uh Golf pro, is that what they call it? I think that that's what it is. Pro of the golf course. She's like, yeah, listen, I've I've paid my dues. I've spent years picking up gopher shit all over this course. Time to get mine. Give me a promotion. But instead, a former pro golfer out of nowhere, comes and takes the position from her. Dottie is not happy 
whatsoever. And who can blame her? Who can blame her? This was supposed to be her job, and uh, this uh, this pro golfer, I don't even remember his name. For, for whatever reason, I remember the actor's name in the movie, although he's never been in another movie before. His name's Robert North, so we're just going to call him Robert. Robert North. This guy, Robert North, he takes a job, and then there's uh, there's one more higher up than him. It's a club owner. And, uh, yeah, he sleeps with um, the club owner's wife because, you know, why not? Why not? To be fair, she came on to him, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, it says Robert North has only acted in one film, according to his IMDb page, but, you know, I'd like to think he was uh, the same guy who played the dad who uh, who slaps his head in the Spatula City commercial from the classic film UHF. You know, maybe it was him. Maybe he was just uncredited. But he kind of looks like that guy. I'd, you know, I'd like to think he's the same guy. So, uh, oh yeah, while all this is going on, something is killing all the naughty teens who've been stooping on the golf course. We don't know what it is, but it's chopping people up to bits. So when the owner finds out, he's like, ah, so what? We have a golf invitational on our course that's going to be broadcasted on television. We can't cancel that. Um... So, uh, yeah, they they say, we'll investigate it. But, you know, it's they kind of treat it like, um, you know, as if there's like maybe a beehive on the golf course and someone needs to fix it. They, they, they don't treat this like uh, an actual murder at all. They don't shut down the golf course or anything. I mean, it's a freaking crime scene. But, no... Now, the the police know about it, too. For whatever reason, they decide not to contact, you know. Typically, uh, you'd probably call the state police in this case, the New Jersey State Police. But, you know, they were probably, you know, too busy, you know, probably at a poker game with uh, a couple mafia dons for being realistic. So, you know, the local cops have to take care of business and uh yeah they just don't care they don't care and uh then another person dies it's like a an old an old guy old guy with a dog and it's funny my wife was actually watching this movie and she she said to me she's like i swear to god if this dog dies i swear to god i was like i mean i don't know i don't know um, the dog doesn't die, actually. Spoiler alert. Not really. Who cares? You're not going to watch this. Um, you should, but you're not. Um, my wife actually liked this movie, believe it or not. Like, kind of, kind of, she, she was invested in it. She, 
she also had no idea what was killing them. Like, obviously, I knew from, you know, picking this movie out in the the Feature Creatures book. I mean, it literally gives the... It's literally the log line, like, you know. It's obvious what it is. I have the Blu-ray. I see the cover. I know what's going on here. But she wasn't sure. She was so invested into what could be killing these people. But as always, I have the subtitles on, and she still was the, the because it's this is all from POV. The the first few kills are all from POV. We don't know what's killing them. I mean, we do. Anyone who who you know has the Blu-ray, DVD, VHS cover knows who's killing them. But if you know you're just watching this on TV, like, on a whim, with no plot description at all, you're you're probably not going to know. Which probably makes for a more interesting experience. So she has no idea, but the subtitles, you know, <laughs> it starts saying, Lawnmower, and it reads, Mower Buzzing, and she realized that she was actually taking the time out of her day to watch a film about a possessed lawnmower that's killing folks on a New Jersey golf course. Look, I, I tried to tell her that's not a bad way to spend a Sunday afternoon. She was she was really entertained by this one, though. I, I, I can't say that about a, a lot of... Uh, the movies I've watched with her, especially the ones for the podcast. So, this quickly becomes a Jaws parody. The second half, I mean, it's just so painfully obvious, a homage to, not, not even a homage, it's like a straight-up rip-off spoof to the T almost, although the dog doesn't die in this one, the dog doesn't die. The golf course owner is, you know, he, it's basically the mayor. Uh, what was his name? Murray Hamilton? I think that was the actor's name who played the mayor in Jaws. Uh, clearly, he was that character. Um, uh, Robert North is Chief Brody. Dottie is Richard Dreyfus. Um... And then there's also a strange groundskeeper that's, uh, I think that's what he was, that he's just, he's there, but, uh, he creeps people out, and, uh, he's basically the Robert Shaw character, and, uh, yeah, so for the third act of the film, instead of, uh, a boat on the, uh, ocean, we got a truck on a golf course, trying to kill a lawnmower a possessed lawnmower and you know the the it's they can't go on the ground people the people can't walk on the ground otherwise the lawnmower is going to run them over uh yeah i mean i i knew this was going to be a silly movie but you know at the same time i didn't know how um, I will say, I will say, I gotta give, the, I gotta give this props. The movie felt like it was a bigger, 
production than it was. There was some production value to this film. I mean, we've we've all seen some cheap horror films, but I mean, I that there wasn't like a ton of sets or anything. Like, obviously, they're just on a golf course, but um, I mean, it it actually at least the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray, the picture quality was actually really good. So, I, 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 this had to have been shot on a decent camera because I've seen plenty of Blu-ray transfers. I mean, thank God for what certain uh, remasters can do, but, you know, sometimes you can just tell, uh, yeah, this, this was just shot on a really crappy camera. But this, this is like, Picture perfect. Oh my god, are people fighting outside? Should we invite them on the podcast? Anyways, back to Blades. Um, yeah, so picture quality was good, and um, <laughs> there's actually a lot of logos in the movie, believe it or not, like copyrighted logos, and there's no way in hell um, this film had the budget to clear them. There's no way. Like, the girl at the beginning of the film, she's wearing a Kiss Animalized shirt. Uh, Animalized, I think, was a 1983 album by Kiss. This was, like, during the era where they weren't wearing any makeup or anything. And then Robert North is wearing a Nike polo <laughs> throughout the film. Like, I know Nike wasn't as big back then, but at the same time, they were a known company. And, you know, if that were to happen today, Nike would sue the hell out of the production company. Um, I'm actually shocked that they were allowed to reissue this on Blu-ray because of the logos. Like, I, who knows, maybe the Statue of Limitations expired to, to sue Troma Films. All I'm saying is, you know, high quality, high quality film. The pacing works well. And considering the talent in this film didn't have any sort of acting career beyond this movie, I actually have to hand it to them. They did all right. They did. They weren't horrid. Like, all right, their acting kind of sucked. But, I mean, it wasn't atrocious enough to where, you know, you're, it, it was distracting. I've seen some bad acting in horror movies where I'm just looking at the screen and I don't even have any words to describe what I'm watching. It's it's so bad. But this, it's like, all right, fine. They, they clearly the actors understood what kind of movie they're in, but they, they played it serious, which, you know, made it effective. I mean, the Robert North character is, he plays the one-dimensional straight man to a T. 
kind of reminds me of Robert Hayes. Like, Robert Hayes is acting in the movie Airplane. Maybe Leslie Nielsen as well. They, they all played it straight, even though everything going on around them was completely absurd, just like this movie. Um, it, it's funny. It does the job, and it holds your attention. It held my wife's attention, and she hates these movies I watch. But she was like, oh, what is killing them? Ah, it's a lawnmower! She was not happy. But I'm giving it four out of four stars. The Barton rating. Still named the Barton rating. Uh, probably going to be changed later on uh, because each of our ratings are named after a female. And I don't know any females named Barton. Maybe there is a, a female out there named Barton. If there is, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll keep it, but I don't know of anyone, any female named Barton. So, um, yeah, I recommend it. I recommend it. I mean, I already have the Blu-ray, so usually any movie I give four stars to means I'm going to add it to my collection. It's already in my collection. And I'm glad it is. Because it's uh, you know, pretty damn funny. It's what you want out of these cheesy horror movies. It's like one of those gems where you're like yes, found it. Found it. You gotta watch like 30 of these things sometimes to find the good ones. Like the really good ones. Not just the Okay, that wasn't bad. Like, oh, there we go. There we go. And that, this is one of them, guys. Guys, if you're looking to, you know, if you're having a few pops, this is a great movie to put on, especially if you're with a group of people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This would have been perfect to put on in college, you know, when you're, you're pre-gaming, you're about to go out to the, the bars, or who, who knows, maybe you're going to a house party. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're playing a little bear pong, maybe a little red, black, higher, lower, or F the dealer. Maybe you're just going to play kings, and uh, you need something on the background. What am I saying? Don't, don't, don't put this movie on the back. Put on music if you're doing that stuff. Don't put on blades. But, I mean, if for whatever reason your Spotify account got canceled and you have the Blu-ray, put it on. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the hip-hop of the week. Oh, baby, man, this is the funky track, man. You got it going on, Ice-T, my nigga, man. Yeah, yeah, boy, they gonna go crazy when they hear this one, boy. Album three, man, we still in effect, man. Yo, Ice Man, kick some of that pimp shit out there and kick, throw the fly shit at him. I-C-E-B-E-R-G, what's that spell? Iceberg nigga came to read, time to bleed, slaughter, slice. Try to say I wasn't nice, I'd be whacking punch like lab mice. Dice them up, slice them up, dissect, put you in a boiling pot and let your ass sweat. 
Cause I rap on game, you think I'm weak in a freestyle? Well, now I'm the one you should dial. Before my posse makes a move on your mom's crib. Think we got knives and guns? We got bombs, kid. Blow up your whole block. You hear the gunshots. Throw you in the syndicate cellar and let your body rot. Cause I'm the coolest motherfucker that you ever heard. Call me the ice or just the iceberg. Oh, baby, ice don't be so mean, man. You got it going on, man, and it's strong, baby. Kick that fly one to me about my man, Eva Lee, all right? Come on, kick it. Eva Lee was out cooling with a freak one night. Fucked the bitch with a flashlight. Pulled it out, left the batteries in so he could get a charge when he began. Use his dick, the shit was tight. Bitch's titties start blinking like taillights. Rolled her over to change the connection. Bitch's ugly face, cold spoilers erection. I'm the ice rhymer, a big timer. And yes, I'm a pimp and a player and a hustler and kinda a Mac and a poet. Impressive, I know it don't only rhyme for niggas cause to live my life co-ed. On the mic is living, breathing hype. A 1989 type dolomite. Cool motherfucker. Word, call me the ice or just the iceberg. Oh my God, mercy, mercy, man. You's the coldest motherfucker in the world, man. You's a pimp nigga, man. I, I love you, man. Throw that one at me about Charlie Jam. Charlie Jam fucked the freak on a ski lift. Ten below gave her the dick. It was cold and she said, quit. Charlie Jam said, bullshit. She said, oh, oh, oh my God. Charlie's dick was frozen hard. But she said she never felt it. Maybe Charlie's dick melted. Yes, I'm the rhyme kicker, the hard liquor, parental guidance sticker. Yeah, I'm the nigga. Triple X is how I rate. I'm the one your parents hate. I'm as cold as cold can get. Under pressure, never sweat. Cool motherfucker. Word. Call me the ice or just the iceberg. Oh, man, Ice Johnny Rivers got this track just kicking, boy. You know what I'm saying? Me and that the cat, Randy Mack, up here loving this, man. Kick the one about Donald D. Out with the posse on a night run. Girls on the corner, so let's have some fun. Donald asked one if she was game. Back Alley Sally was her name. She moved on the car and moved fast. On the window, pressed the ass. All at once, we heard a crash. Donald's dick had broke the glass. It's I'm the big wheeler, the girl stealer. And if we play cards, don't let me be the dealer. The ice, cool as water, hard as stone. The black Mac got a microphone. Talking shit the way I do. Ryan pays the posse grew. Did you like power? Word, well, this is the ice or just the iceberg. That's right, baby, this is the iceberg, man. You got yeah, it going on. boy. Beatmaster V's in here loving this, you know what I'm saying? Got my man Melvin in the house, boy. I got my one and only African Islam cold lamp, you know what I'm saying? I don't think nobody can fuck with this syndicate, Ice. You's a mean, bad, cold motherfucker, yeah. man. You my nigga, man. Yo, Ice, man, can you loan me some money, though, man? Because you be talking all that pimp shit, man. Why don't you just go on and hit me with a 30 or 80,000 or something, something? Give me one of them jewels off your rate, man. Come on, Ice, man. Oh, come on, man. Come on, baby! Yo, this sound alright though. Yo, me and Cool V. This, this, this gonna be this gonna be our new single. Hey, let me hear the story. You just say it's alright though. Yo, 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 Cool V. Why'd you give me a cue? One more cue and then I'm ready to go in. of a sudden 
business start getting warm. The trees and the grass start looking fresh. And the sun in the sky be looking at best. Birds be singing, flowers be blooming. A lot of brand new cars be zooming. Fly girls looking the best they could be. And the guys be duking, duking, and you see. Besides all that, I like the warm weather. Cause that's when you can get yourself together. But I like Easter time with a grand. Cause when I little used to go to Coney Island. We used to eat a lot of stuff like cotton candy. Cause back then it was like fine and dandy. You used to get dressed up in double knits in your plaid suit jackets. They were the shit. The good old days was back then. And the reason I reminisce called the Spring Again. Everybody knows it's Spring Again. To the girls and boys and people above. This is the summer falling. Girls, have you ever broke up with your boyfriend and you felt that the world was coming to an end? Sitting around the house packed for no reason, just because you thought your man was skeezing for a couple of days, looked gloomy and gray, thinking about the old happy days. All of a sudden, a telephone ring, he begged for your forgiveness, and you know what that brings. Joy and happiness into your life, before you felt like your heart was stabbed by a knife. I'm telling you girls, keep the man that you got, cause if you cheat, you might need a VD shot. You know two wrongs don't make a right, and if you did something wrong, don't do the same, it's not polite. Please don't make this breaking up a trend, because, because... It's spring again, oh, everybody knows Tell the girls and boys and people above This is the time to fall in love Now fellas, have you ever met a girl that tried to front And wanted you to act like you was on a hunt I used to see my homeboys frown and fret For a girl that always trying to play hard to get I know I quoted myself, I must admit And said anything you want, you gotta work hard for it Mean a diabolical, be obsessed And go out for something that a girl possessed They're really on yours like a pair of drawers. They want you to be like Santa Claus. They want drug dealers and four-wheelers. Truck jewelry, they expect you to steal her. Shit, I know they must be bugging. They better hit the streets and do their own mugging. But in this case, you would just overlook her. Send her on the way and say, I can't help you, hooker. It's spring again. Everybody know it's spring again. To the girls and boys and people above. This is the time Yeah. I was in Jeff's crib 
one night about eight. And yep. We were watching a couple of Mike Tyson fight tapes. Jeff was like, man, you see how hard Mike's punching? Come on, Jeff, the other guy was just lunging. Left, right, left, right, another KO. Ooh. If that was me, I'd have been okay, though. The very next day, I gave Russell a ring with JL and Lior, and we all called Don King. I said, yeah, Don, I got a problem. Tell him, Prince. Yeah, what's up? What you saying? You trying to solve him? Forget the small talk. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Me and Mike, two months. Trump, Atlantic City. Yo, you got this. You wanna bust dude up. Yeah, you can be my trainer. Word up. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice. And yo, Jeff, straight up, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. Man, you can beat him, man. Oh, man, word. You can beat him, man. You know, I put on a couple pounds, man. We can do this, you can man. Do it. training I was doing. Before then, I'd never heard reporters booing. Cameras flashing. I was in the middle. I didn't want to look dumb, so I exaggerated a little. I said, uh, I've been training 20 hours a day, lifting big old cars and big bales of hay. And I jogged 10,000 miles every morning, thinking about Mike and my moment of glory. I drink water, 20 gallons of pop, and I can throw a Volkswagen a whole half block. And four million sit-ups in a minute. I ain't lying, I did it. The general public thought I was a fool. I was getting dissed, but I, I guess that was cool. Well, you know, getting dissed is never good, but I was even getting dissed in my own neighborhood. I was at the corner at the top of my block. There was a couple of people standing outside of the barbershop. It was Lawrence, my barber and friend, and he yelled out, Hey, Frank, you can win. I said, really? And I stopped the chat. You can beat him, man, if you hit him with a bat. <laughs> you gon' get wrecked, but get out your shoes when you break your neck. Everybody was laughing out loud. I thought at least my own grandma would be proud. I went to her house and snuck in and surprised her. I heard her on the phone. It's fight day, and man, am I hype. Whoa, I can't wait to see Mike. Boy, I'm hype, ready to do my thing. Trump Castle Casino. and jabbing for a second. I look good out there, but then Mike brought to reality my worst nightmare. One punch that's all it took. He hit me in my ribs and my inside shook. Now how can I say this and be a little discreet? Let's just say that my bowels released. I called time out and went back to my corner. Said to my coach, ain't no way I'm going to hell back out there, man. You can't forget it. My body's like a punching bag and Mike is going to They tried to make me go meet my doom, but I sucker punched my coach and hauled to my dressing room. The next day, the headline in the town, Fresh My career is over as far as fighting, but I don't know what made me think I could beat Mike Tyson. Hey, Leroy! Yeah? Did you see the fight? Did you see the fight? The, the, the football player? No, the boxer, come on, man. I was at the fight last night. I paid $474,000 for my ticket, right? I see you ball, around here, man. The ball ran out the ring. You always lie. I ain't lying. The lot of things. Chante. Ladies, listen up. I really hope you're ready. Cause what I got to 